Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. EST 2016. This is interviews, music reviews, and more. This is, this is The Hotter Show. What is up, everybody? We are on audio here today on episode 373 of The Hotter Show. I hope you guys are doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you so very much for tuning in and clicking that play button on today's episode of the podcast. I've got what is a stellar, informative, and fascinating episode as I sit down with my old buddy, Ali, formerly from out of my league, of course, and currently of Seagrave. And we talk all about his journey in music, spanning back from the early days, him getting into music and kind of what got him started on the path of playing music, a ton about the early days of Out of My League, what he's doing now with Seagrave. And he kind of answers a few questions too that some people may have for fans of Out of My League as to what exactly happened with the guys and what's everyone up to now? Are they all still friends? All that kind of thing that you're always curious about when a band breaks up and then also what brought him back to music because he did have quite a hiatus from playing music and he moved on to doing some photography stuff which we didn't really cover a whole lot but he is a fantastic photographer go check him out on facebook i'll have a link down below in the description well you guys go check him out and then also of course he talks about him joining up with the mighty seagrave and what we can expect from them upcoming shows things of that nature so definitely a fantastic episode for anyone who is a fan of Alley's in any way, shape, or form, or you're a fan out of my league, or a fan of Seagrave. You're going to enjoy this episode. Just like I hope you enjoyed the last week's episode of the show, my chat with my wonderful, beautiful wife, another just of Ask Sam Anything. That was a ton of fun. I've already had requests to have her back on, and I can assure you guys it's going to be a while <laughs> before we see Sam again. However, never say never. Maybe she'll randomly be like, yo, let's do a podcast again. And I'll be like, bet. And then we'll do a podcast like that day. (laughs) So thank you very much, everyone, for the support on that. It's always fun, of course, getting to talk with Sam in this environment. It's just not something she does. And I think that we uh, had a lot of fun, had some laughs, also had some serious talk in there, which is always, uh, always good to mix in. I never shy away from having those more serious talks if the... Mood so strikes myself and the guest that I have on. And uh, it was just really a lot of fun. Thank you very much again, baby, for coming on. I appreciate it. Just like I appreciate my man, Allie, jumping on the show here today and providing an absolutely kick-ass episode that we're going to jump into right 
now. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We got Allie here from Seagrave, also formerly of Out of My League and a very talented photographer. Allie, man, it's taken like seven years to get you on this podcast but it's finally here how you doing man great man i'm I'm so stoked to be on it uh yeah it's been like since you started i've wanted to come on but you know just things have gotten in the way and everything so but who cares we're we're finally doing it now that's it man yeah. that's it well first and foremost before we go any further at all uh as we are recording this you just celebrated a birthday yesterday so happy birthday yeah, thank you thank you appreciate it <laughs> i i hear that you uh, you tied one off pretty good last night with the seagrave boys what happened what oh, went down yeah we uh went to the mandarin and uh ate so much that i i was in a food coma and then uh, we went to the casino and you know that goes at the casino <laughs> That's the move. Yeah. So you, what I'm hearing is you went and spent a shitload of money on food. Yeah. And you went and lost a shitload of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's it's fun with uh, Chris and Stiv are always, especially Chris, man. That guy's the life of the party sometimes. He's uh, He cracks me up too much. Just the both of them as a combo. Oh, man. Yeah, shout out to my boy Chris and obviously Stiv as well. We got nothing but love for for Chris and Stiv here on the show. I don't know. Uh, I don't know Doug. Um, Doug Doug's his name, right? I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't met him yet, but I, I hope I hope we can <clears throat> we can change that. But yeah, yeah, honestly, man, he's one of the nicest people you ever talk to. Definitely. So yeah, yeah when we had well, and when I had Chris and Stiv on there fairly recently, you you were a big part of the talk because it was like this resurgence for you because as you know, we're going to, we obviously, we got a lot of ground to cover and stuff to talk about today, but for you getting back into playing music and joining up with Seagrave, it almost seemed like it was like this really quick process. How did it all come to be with that? Oh yeah. So, um, yeah, pretty much to go back a bit, um, when out of my league kind of, we kind of went our separate ways because we all wanted to go to school pretty much. Um, actually, I still get questions sometimes from people like, oh, what happened? Like, you know, people want to know, is there any drama or anything? 
you know, we all just kind of wanted to, ex- you know, experience life more because uh, we'd been in the band for so long. And we all kind of wanted to go to school and see where that could take us. So I ended up selling off all my music equipment to fund um, the photography equipment because that stuff is not, it's just as expensive and it's just as big of a rabbit hole as musical equipment, you know, uh, always looking at different stuff you can buy that you might not ever use. So I had to fund that. So I sold off all the music equipment. And then when COVID hit, um, I was just like, man, I really want to get back into playing music. Um, I don't really care what it is. So I just started finding gear again. Uh, Like I got the new uh, Dark Glass amp. um, And I got a new Jackson five-string bass. And um, I actually got it steel on an 8x10 bass cabinet. And I just started putting everything together and I was like, okay, sweet. I finally have a live rig again. And then it just sat there for, I think a year and a half. And, um, I just, I was just doing covers at the time, like, uh, my bass covers just, uh, just to kill time. And they're obviously fun to do. And I like showing them to people. And, um, a couple of times actually Chris uh, hit me up. And he was like, yo, like, if you ever want to do anything, let's do it, man. And I was like, ah, yeah, man. Like, I was just scared to dip my feet back into music like that. And uh, so I'd just kind of be like, yeah, man, like, I'll think about it. Like, I don't know. And then uh, one day he hits me up and he's like, yo, uh, my band Seagrave is looking for a bass player. And then that really, like, scared me, too, because I was like, that's like a full on commitment joining a band. So, again, I was kind of just like, uh, you know. I don't know, man. Uh, I'll think about it. I also had like a full-time job at the time. Um, so it was it was a little rough and everything. And then so I, I kind of just left it for a bit. And then um, <clears throat> more and more, I was just telling my girlfriend like, oh, man, I miss playing music so much. Like it just more like every day, just wanted to play it. And then um, my buddy Nathan, uh, who you know from Fear the Unknown, when his ex band he's in uh he just joined the band beguiler and damn uh, right he did yeah <laughs> yeah and uh, it was funny I, I i was telling nathan as soon as i saw beguiler post that that he was joining them as a drummer i was like okay i'm getting back into music <laughs> so i uh i immediately messaged chris like it was like probably like 10 p.m or something and i was just on a walk and i was like hey man uh i don't know what's gonna happen but i'm down to try this thing out and then they immediately like put me in like a, a Facebook group chat with everyone. And, you know, they like laid it all out. And I was like, all right, guys, I'm going to try this out with you. Um, even if it, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But like, I'll, I'm going to try to play with you guys. So they really quick, they already, it was very professional on their part. They already had bass playthroughs. Um, uh, the great thing of nowadays, like if you want to practice music, you can just plug right into um, like a DAW and like just start, uh, just throw the track on and play to it. So like you don't have to like meet up or anything. So it kind of let me get comfortable with the music on my own uh, before I brought it to them to practice together as a band. So they they had everything lined up for me, and uh, the the biggest hurdle was trying to learn all the tracks i think it was like five five or six tracks that i learned that i was supposed to learn to play with them and 
there was no vocals on them. And for me, I always actually find it's weird. I find it easier to memorize the instrumentals and songs when there's the vocals on them. Maybe it's just because the the lyrical melodies and everything. It just kind of it's it's a little bit catchier than just straight up instrumentals. So I remember I just had like the five songs in a playlist and I would just blast them in my car, repeat on my way to work, on my way home. If I was doing anything, if I was going anywhere, I would just play those songs. And then I was watching, uh, Stiv made these bass playthroughs. So I was watching the bass playthroughs. And then uh, finally, uh, after I think a week or two, I felt a little bit comfortable enough to meet up with them and actually practice. So I met up with Chris and Stiv and then uh, we started practicing the songs in the jam space. And uh, I was a little choppy, but they were uh, pretty impressed. Uh, which I was like super happy about because I really wanted to, you know, my first band in a long time, I wanted to, you know, show them what I got. And then um, they had two shows lined up and um, they're like, yeah, you're probably not going to be playing the next show. We have someone uh, filling in. And I was kind of like, ah, man, I want to play that show. And then uh, literally like a week later, they're like, yeah, you're going to play that show. And I was like, sweet. (laughs) So, um, yeah, we uh, showed up to the venue, and I'm not gonna lie, I had pretty. It, it was weird because the I had not experienced the scene yet since COVID happened, and I wasn't honestly expecting much. Um, I was like, you know, it's like uh, showing New Market. The last few times I played a New Market, it hasn't been that great. Um, but you know, I, I'm just down. I'm just stoked to play live music. So I show up there and I was like, wow, like it was, there was probably like a good 30, 40 people there or something for this uh, local show, which was like, I just never experienced anything like that. And um, like in a long time. And um, so I thought maybe it was a fluke or something, but ever since then, every show we've played has popped off and like, I really can't believe it. It seems like COVID really got people wanting to come out to local shows again and experience it all, which I'm super happy for, for all the local bands. Cause like every local band right now is killing it. Like I haven't seen really one dead show yet, which is great. Um, I'm super stoked that people are going out and it's kind of this nice community going on right now where like everyone's supporting each other, like us and our boys. And um, if you've heard of them, cruel intent, we always try and support each other and go out to each other's shows. We got a nice little, thing going on with them uh they're great guys and uh yeah it's 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 been a great experience joining seagrave so far and that that's awesome man and it's it's interesting because like obviously like I, i'm pretty sure if i'm not mistaken i messaged you when i saw that because i've always been a fan of your your bass work and your bass tone specifically Thank i you. still think that you have one of the just the nastiest damn bass tones I've ever oh, heard. Oh man, I got um, something to tell you after that. <laughs> oh shit, okay. Um, and for, for me, it was like, I knew they were looking for a bass player. And I guess I had just assumed, I knew what had happened with Out of My League and you guys basically just saying, hey, school, like, which is awesome. I, I was really happy to see that, that there wasn't any, you know, it wasn't like, oh, we broke up because, you know, Dom turned into an asshole and went wanted to do a solo project or something, you know, like yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's always, I was happy to hear that, that it was just, eh, let's try some other stuff. But when I saw you start to play, do those covers and stuff, I was like, oh, 
Oh, like you, when you have the talent that you have, man, you can't stay away for long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very hard not to. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Uh, on the, on the bass tone, uh, I remember chasing that bass tone. Cause I remember like, uh, when I first got into metalcore, like 2013, um, I always just heard that like gritty, I know it's been around for a long time, but man, like metalcore really took it up a notch with the, uh, like the greediness of the, the bass, um, combination. And I was always chasing that tone and I was, I was like young at the time. So I didn't really understand things too. I still don't really understand things too much. Uh, when I like have gear questions, I go straight to Chris and Stiv still. Um, but yeah, I remember I was doing all these like weird, uh, combinations. Like I, I used to take, a a big muff pedal and like run an overdrive into it uh to kind of get that grit and then and then i'd have to like throw a noise suppressor on there because it was squealing like crazy like one time uh, out of my league played in camelford and i i had just put the overdrive through the big muff to get that nasty bass tone and uh it was squealing like crazy between each song and it was it was so funny like uh yeah, I learned really quick about noise suppressors and noise gates after that. And then uh you know, I I kind of kept with that combination for a bit and then uh kind of around near the end uh that brand dark glass started just becoming really prevalent and um peripheries bass player Nolly um with his uh it's kind of like the staple bass player like metal bass player combination right now is like the nolly uh the dingwall like ng2 bass i believe it's called in like the dark glass head and it's just it's just such a killer tone it's it's no surprise why almost every bass player like wants that tone right now so that's why i was like i need to i need to jump on this dark glass train and just try it out and um i didn't want to invest money into a dingwall bass um so i got that Jackson bass. And honestly, uh, I had first got a Jackson bass, like, I think it was my second ever bass. It was one of the, uh, it was like one of the lower end ones with like the pointy headstock. And, um, I, I always, I didn't know what an active bass was at the time. And I was always like, wow, this bass sounds insane. Like, why does it sound so good? And then I go back to my P bass and I was like, man, this just doesn't feel right. Like doesn't feel the same as a tacky. And then, um, I, yeah, I didn't really know at the time, so I, I so I ended up selling that Jackson bass. But going back to it now, um, I believe it's a Megadeth um, signature bass, actually. But what I like about it is you can't really tell because it just has the logo on the back um, of the headstock, and it, it kind of looks like I'm, I'm a sucker for Fender basses. Like Fender is like uh, just one of my favorites and it kind of is a combination of like a fender and a dingwall base like the pickguard very much looks like a dingwall pickguard um so i picked that base up and i was kind of just blown away by how good it sounds in combination with the dark glass so um i brought it to practice and chris and stiff were like holy man this sounds insane and then then and then they started even messing with it more and it it sounded disgusting and it kind of really helped because um, I've heard, if you've ever heard of the band Kublai Khan, uh, they're also a very, very heavy band and they only have one guitar player. And 
from what I heard from their vocalist is a way that they kind of help fill the gap is their bass is so distorted. The bass player kind of acts like a second guitar player and the bass at the same time. So like with Seagrave, that's kind of what we were going for as well. Cause it's just Stiv. And um, so I was kind of there laying down the low end and kind of being so gritty. It's kind of almost filling in as a second guitar player, which is hilarious. Uh, but it, it really works. And um, and then actually I just went digital uh, with the Line 6 HX Stomp. And um, it's funny because I remember growing up, uh, everyone, we all hated Line 6. It was kind of like that starter amp. No one took it seriously. Um, and, you know, people kind of just didn't really want to be uh, seen with one. And then, like, you know, they always wanted the Mesa Boogie and everything and the EVH heads and the PV heads. Um, but it's it's kind of crazy, like, how many people are using Line 6 right now. And it's I can't even knock it. It sounds amazing for the price. Um, I can pretty much have, like, unlimited guitar tones and bass tones in in one unit. And one, it's, a, it's super small. Like, I have the bigger unit, too. And you can even get a smaller unit. and um, the bass tone I have now is it even is crazier than the bass tone I just had because uh, this one splits the low end and the and the high end, and um, we we just de debuted the bass tone at the Atria show that we just played in Oshawa, and it it sounds absolutely crazy. Uh, so I'm super stoked. Uh, I think this might be like the pinnacle bass tone that I've had so far. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked with it. And it's, it's, it's kind of insane how much, uh, digital amps have come. So, uh, from, you know, when they first came out, everyone was kind of unsure of them. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're a force to be reckoned with. Well, it's funny. Cause you, you mentioned line six and like, to this day, I still will put, <clears throat> excuse me, the line six made a head for a little while and it was, it's not super well known. But it was the Lion 6 HD 147. And it was basically a a really high-end version of like the spider. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, it was yeah. it was this super, it was a modeling amp, but it was like, I think it was like a 300 watt head, and it was just this beautiful chrome plated, like it, it was in this incredible amp. And I had one and I would be jamming with like my buddy who had like, you know, two Mesa dual rectifiers and you know and it would be like dude like how what is this tone you're getting like yeah. how are you getting this tone out of it and i was just like i don't know like and that this was you know 15 years ago and now i see so much of that tone and the cleanliness in these newer pedals from line six like with what you have there like it's so interesting. And then, I mean, obviously digital is like the way of the future. Like you mentioned earlier, you can plug into your computer through, you know, a freaking a DAW of any kind and get a pretty wicked <laughs> freaking oh, yeah. tone. Yeah. It would have been nice to have that back in the day. eh? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Even, um, I won't even like, I don't even say it cause like I'm in the band with Stiv, but he has like an older line six. Um, I think it's uh, the pod. It's like the rack mounted version. Yeah. And man, his guitar tone 
is one of the nastiest things I've ever heard in my life. Like it is just so full and like earth shattering. Like I can't believe it. So like when we mix those two tones together, it's just, I love looking out into the crowd and like seeing people's faces and they just have like the biggest stank face going on sometimes when we're playing. It's, it's wild. It's all stank. Just yeah. like, fuck. I still well, And so how was your, what was your reaction joining up with Seagrave and, you know, digging into the songs? Like I know that the bass is tuned differently from the guitar. Cause I know Steve isn't like fucking drop Z tuning nowadays, but like, <laughs> yeah, how, pretty how much... was that for, for you going from a band that was a different type of a heavy band playing in drop scene stuff like that compared to now joining a band with a guitar player like Steve, who seems to constantly want to just push the envelope as far as what he yeah, wants to do with his guitar tone. It's actually super interesting. So when I was first listening to the songs, I was like, okay, these are going to be super simple to learn. It's kind of just, you know, basic, very easy riffs. And um, if you've, if you've listened to Seagrave, like you'll know it is like pretty uh, easygoing riffs. And I think that is also, um, I can't even knock that because it's, it kind of, it's, it has this weird effect where almost anyone can jam it. Even if you don't really, if you're into metal at least um when people see us and like i can tell they're not you know into beat down or anything they can still kind of get into that groovy um those groovy riffs we have so i you know it's not like we're playing super technical and like unless you can really appreciate that music which hats off to anyone that can play like that because i sure can't play like that um but i just find you know with like the simple heavy riffs it kind of brings in a really uh broad crowd to us and um but yeah going back to trying to learn it uh i i thought it was going to be the most simple thing and i just kept re-listening to the songs and i was like okay wait a minute that's uh that's kind of strange and then this part's kind of strange and i watched the bass playthroughs and i was like okay, this this actually might be a little bit harder than I thought it would be because the thing with Seagrave is there's a lot of uh, pauses in the songs and they're very sporadic and different lengths and time changes and everything. And um, it's it's it took me, actually took me a while to get used to it. But once you get used to it and you're playing it, it is so fun. And another great thing too is because the music's not, super super complicated it just lets us go ham on stage that's another thing that i think is super important is like we want to put on a show for the crowd not just our music like we want to put on a live show performance so like we like to go super crazy on stage and um and you know just do all the stage moves and kick our feet and punch the air and i you know eventually like to get a wireless and try and spin around and stuff but it's um it's been it's been really fun playing the music and our new stuff is kind of we let Stiv just go free with it and I will say he has one of the most unique writing styles I've ever heard. It's uh I, I can't even really describe his writing style. Um it's like super heavy and uh mixed with he does a lot of these weird little um noises on the guitar and like notes and stuff and it's just super cool 
so I, I I can't wait for like our new music to come out because I think some of the older music that's come out has been written by past members and everything. Um, so like this new music has all just been like stiv writing and kind of all of us, uh, obviously like Doug laying down the drums and then me and Chris kind of um, you know saying like this works, this doesn't, uh, try this out. We're really good at working together as a team to find the sound that we we want and need uh to sh- to bring to people and uh yeah i'm super stoked for people to hear the new music because it is i i believe it's honestly like very different and um hopefully it'll catch more people's attention it's that groove that's yeah. something that like i mean i've been a fan of chris's vocals for with every project he's ever done like he knows how much i i, I adore his yeah. vocal style um but like when i first when he first joined seagrave i dug it because it was it was cool and groovy and stuff like that but the re-recordings and the stuff that has been put out lately there's a little more like yeah it's it's got that groove where like you were saying anybody can kind of bob their head to it and understand what it is yeah for sure but chris's vocals there's a little bit more of a melodic tone going in there. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. so I can, I can already kind of picture the direction that Seagrave is going. Like I can kind of see it and I'm like, Oh, I am just as excited as anybody, man. Cause I, I know that Thank it's going to be just awesome. And I, I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> because I, I'm chopping at the bit to, to, to get into it. Um, so that's that's awesome to hear and it's it's been really fun to see you get back into playing music and everything um but to go back for a minute here how did it all start for you with music what what was some of the first music you heard what started this whole crazy journey for you yeah for sure so um i was honestly growing up like my parents never really listened to anything with guitar in it or anything so um you know my parents were always kind of like my mom was always into like R&B and hip hop, you know, Dr. Dre and Eminem and all that 50 cent and everything. So I kind of grew up like with that kind of music. And uh, when my, my older sister kind of went through her, you know, the typical emo phase, I was always like, Oh man, turn that shit off. I do not want to listen to that music. Uh, it was like very early Avenged Sevenfold and everything. And I was, it always just used to like get on my nerves. And then um, her her friends were all obviously all into music, which is it's funny because Stephen and Anthony were originally uh, my older sister's friends. They were all in the same friend group, and um, so they they all had a band. Um, it was called oh this is going back, but uh, it was called Beyond the Black Winter. Uh, so Gord from Begala yo, that's heavy as shit. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Gord from Geiler was in it, and then Steven was playing guitar, and uh, out of my league's first vocalist, um, Calvin, was also uh, on the guitars and vocals. And I remember seeing them at the uh, Battle of the Bands, it must have been 2011 or 2012. And um, I remember just watching them, and I, I still didn't even really care about metal music at the time. And I was like, this is the coolest thing. Like, and it was, it was just like this local battle of the bands. And I was still like kind of blown away by how cool it was. And I was like picturing myself up on stage. Like 
I had no clue even how to play a bass guitar or a guitar or drums or anything. And um, I was, I remember looking to my buddy and I was like, I got to do this. I got, I got to like learn something. And then that Christmas I asked uh, my dad, uh, I don't, I don't know if they do it anymore, but at Long McQuaid, they used to sell these like Squire combo. It was like, you get a little 15 watt, bass amp or guitar amp and you'd get the guitar in the same box with it so um i got this squire like starter kit and i started watching all these youtube videos on like how to play bass and i kind of just self-taught myself uh it was super rough at the start as with anyone and uh i would just start learning like green day songs and kind of what everyone you know the basics uh, you know, smoke on the water and everything. And, and then, uh, I started getting into heavier music. I remember, I, I still remember it to this day. My sister sat me down and showed me uh, a little piece of heaven by Avenged Sevenfold, like the music yes. video and everything. And I was sitting there and I was like, this is, this is actually crazy. Like, this is like, this is insane. I love this. And then I, I immediately got into my emo phase, dyed my hair black dressed all black um i just started listening to all that music and uh so i was into all of that and then i i around high school i think yeah it was about grade nine um i i sort of discovered metalcore um it was the bands like of mice and men who are still going strong actually and like most of flames and um I heard those and it kind of just blew my mind that it could get even heavier than, which is funny because it, it gets way heavier than that even. But I, at the time, I couldn't believe it could get that heavy for music. And um, I, I just like went full deep dive into that. And then I was like, I really want to be in a metalcore band. And I don't know how the stars aligned, but I think it was like the next week or two I was at school. And I was like leaving for the day and um, I think it was the original vocals, Calvin, and I think it was Steven or Taylor walked up to me and they're like, hey, uh, we're in, like, we're starting like a uh, post-hardcore, uh, like pop punk band. Do you want to be the bass player? And I was like, yeah, man, like immediately I was like, yes. And I thought it was cool because it was with like older kids and stuff. And so um I, uh, Steven's house is like five minutes from me. So I remember one day I went over and they just started teaching me the songs. And then, uh, yeah, we played our first battle of the bands as out of my league. And, uh, cause again, that name's kind of stems from like post hardcore pop punk, you know, um, name. So yeah, we played Battle of the Bands and we we failed miserably. It was going back and watching it is it is hilarious to watch. <laughs> and uh, I think the best part of that video is you can see Dom front row banging his head the entire set. So um like I love I love looking back on that and yeah, it was um it was it was so fun though cuz those Battle of the Bands brought people out and uh like I think it was like my first ever show like proper show because i used to play like little i think i played prom with my buddies and stuff like we just covered like uh acdc and green day and all that um but it was like my first ever proper show with a proper band and um 
and I think I think um our next show was um the firehouse too. Um and it was with uh so Dom had joined the band at that point and yeah, it just it just started kind of snowballing and we didn't really play too many shows. Um yeah, we we'd play the firehouse and it's it's kind of crazy looking back now that Bowmanville actually had a music scene for a little bit there. Um cuz there's not really anything going on anymore, which is sad. But yeah, Bowmanville kind of popped off and then like we kind of I think after the second battle of bands um that was also kind of not our best you know uh performance but it was we, we were just having fun at the time then we started playing more and more little shows and and then we really started to take ourselves seriously uh i remember dom, me and dom like we used to be every day after school he'd walk over to my house and we'd just we'd actually what we'd do is we'd sit uh in my basement and um we'd throw on YouTube and just watch all these metalcore bands and we'd kind of like make mental notes of like what worked and what didn't like, Hey, let's try this out. Let's not try this out. Um, like that looks kind of cringy. Don't do that. This looks really cool. And then we'd kind of bring it to the guys and be like, can we try this out? Can we try this out? And then like, we started adding like the stage moves and, um, uh, and like in the writing process, some of like those, um you know influences and then yeah we pretty much after a while it came out with resented uh oh sorry i'm 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 skipping time beautiful calamity and uh that came out and uh, it definitely isn't the greatest um but yeah that was that was i'd say more than anything that was like a learning opportunity for us um you know we we learned a lot in the recording process and um how things kind of work and like the releasing of the music too i think we just kind of just dropped the music and that was that like we didn't even um i think we had like an ep release show lined up maybe at the firehouse but aside from that like we didn't really do anything i don't even think we like really sent it out anywhere or tried to get people to listen to it i mean it was available at gigs music but you know yeah yeah for sure (laughs) yeah if you wanted a copy you could go there and get it (laughs) And um, I think I remember one time at one point we were like talking about maybe like uh, going into like Sunrise Records at the Oshawa Center and just leaving a stack of them like in in like one of the uh, in the aisle or something like we were just trying to think of ways to get people to listen to it. Um, but yeah, we we definitely learned from that. And then we kind of got to resented. And that's that was kind of like the point where we were like, OK, we all want to do this seriously and um yeah we just kind of gave it our all for that one and um like we shot like the music video for blind which turned out amazing with the uh, the trenches uh they're an amazing uh, music video group uh media group and uh so we kind of like wanted to try and go professional and um yeah it was it was honestly great like that that EP, I still love it to this day. It's it's got this same here, man. It's thank you. It's got this sound to it. It's very aggressive and attacky and um angsty. And um it was it was interesting um to see, you know, 
uh, what it was kind of like being more, you know, getting into the more professional side of music, like how it can, you know, like, cause it's all fun and games. And then like, when you're really trying to do it as like a profession, it is very different. You kind of got to think about everything that you're doing, everything that you're saying, you're posting, um, even what you say on stage and everything. So we got, we got very lucky with that. Um, and then, uh, our, our first ever like kind of bigger show, we got invited to open for a band called Slaves. I think they're still, uh, I think they're still going at it, but it wasn't the greatest show. I remember it was at the Hard Luck, which we were super excited for, and um, yeah, we we played it, and we I think we only sold like ten or fourteen tickets, which isn't that great, but kind of back then uh it, w- it was decent and then i remember being out at the mall or something and then uh, the promoter calls me and he's like hey do you guys want to open for north lane and i honestly couldn't even believe it because that was like one of the bands that we looked up to and uh immediately we we're all like yes of course and that was kind of what changed the whole band because i remember remember we were backstage kind of like it was surreal like going to the mod club in toronto and like loading in and everything and just seeing like all these other like famous musicians and stuff and they were just you know chilling and everything and uh we were all just kind of standing there like a bunch of like starstruck kids and um we i don't think we really talked to any of the bands we didn't want to like come off as like annoying or anything so i remember um we we saw like there was like a lineup outside obviously uh but i didn't realize like the extent of it until we were backstage we were about to go on and the mod club has like this like uh these little steps and it's kind of awkward and like we i looked out and like from front to back it was full it was completely full and we all just started i was like freaking out and um i was like guys like look out there and they all start freaking out and then we kind of just got on stage and we did our thing and to this day people still tell me like hey i remember out of my league i saw you guys at the north lane show so that show was like definitely probably like one of the most important shows we ever played and then after that it just snowballed that promoter like we just had a good relationship with them so um and we like we sold like a lot of tickets to that show we were hustling so hard i think we were posting on kijiji like that we had tickets for it we were like all over facebook sponsored posts and we ended up selling almost like 70 to 80 tickets to that show for like a local band that was pretty impressive at the time and um i think it's still impressive honestly that we were able to hustle that many tickets and um yeah it was just probably i think it might be the, my favorite show i've ever played to this day and then that kind of just snowballed into things and um we got to be super humble that like i was able to play with like some of like my favorite bands that i've ever listened to like parkway drive and stick to your guns and knock loose who like just played coachella that blows my mind so like being able to play with some of those bands um like they're probably my most cherished memories ever and um yes it's just great that we got to experience that and um and also too like I'm super excited that like we're all still 
close out of my league. Like we were just all together, like at the casino and everything still. And like, there's no bad blood between us or anything. So, um, yeah, those guys are great. And yeah. And then kind of like, we all wanted to do life because, uh, we had, you know, put out a second album oblivion and, um, we all just kind of went, you know what, we've been doing this for since 2013, we've been doing this. And, um, so we, yeah, we all just kind of wanted to try out school and everything. And, uh, you know, everyone's doing great right now, which is awesome. So <clears throat> hats off to those guys. And, um, I'm just super stoked that it kind of led me, um, this far. And now I'm back in it with Seagrave. There was a couple of things that you, you, you mentioned there that I, I want to just go back to one of which one thing that I think is so interesting with, with out of my league in that time period where you opened up for North lane, like you guys were just on a different level oh, when it comes you. to, and, and, you know, no disrespect to, to any local bands, but like just th- that year's battle of the bands, whatever year it was. I, the only reason I remember is because that's the year that I was not a judge, but I was there because the out of the outshine boys were judges. And I, during your guys set, I was, uh, moshing a little too hard and I ended up <laughs> ripping the ass out on my pants. Oh yes. Yes. Um, so the whole thing was out of my league, literally like, I think I, I had said something, I was like, Oh, out of my league literally kicked my ass. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just will never forget. You guys come on and you're just fucking doing great. And then Anthony's kick pedal went. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason I say you guys were a different level was it didn't feel like something bad had just happened. It was like, you know, that's when I saw Dom as like, holy fuck, this guy's next level. As far as his, him being able to command the crowd, because the second it happened, I looked over at the Shine Boys and they were like, fuck, like that sucks. Oh my God. Like, you know, and just, it, it was, you know, it got fixed right quick. You guys came back and it was like, not even a misstep. It was just like, and all of you, it wasn't like you guys were standing around looking at each other like, oh my God, what do we do now? It was like a professional band. And that's when I was like, holy fuck. Okay, these guys are another level. Was in that time period for sure. But Resented too, like, it's it's one. I actually just showed Resented to somebody like a couple of days ago. It's literally still on rotation for me all the time because it's such a powerful and well done record. I love Oblivion too. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love Oblivion, but like, there's something about that record. I don't know what it is. I can't quite put my finger on it, but there's something, there's something there. The riffs, the, the, the vocals ending off with recover the way it does. Like just, it's something else, man. <laughs> I yeah. really just, I, I, and I say this anytime I talk to, I haven't talked to uh, Steven and Dom in a, in a very long time, but like anytime I talk to, I talk to Tony. I'm I'm always like, dude, like I still listen to that record like all the time. <laughs> yeah, we were I remember like going into that, we were super nervous because um we didn't really know how it was gonna turn out and um we were looking for a producer and um remember me and Taylor found uh 
uh, Keegan and the wizard, the, the, the absolute <laughs> legend. And um, I remember Taylor sent me this, like, I think it was like a, one song that he had done in the genre. And I was like, wow, this sounds amazing. And um, all the other guys are like, the thing with Out of My League is like, we're a very wary group of people. Like, you know, it kind of takes some convincing and um, which is a good thing. Like, you know, we want the best for the band and everything. So everyone was kind of like, I don't know, should we go with like someone that we like, know, no, like, and me and Taylor were kind of just pushing like, no, like we got to try this Keegan guy. Like, I think he's going to, I think he's going to do good. And uh, yeah, man, he, he blew it away. Um, it, it's, it just, yeah, again, like I think we were really trying to prove ourselves and it just sounds super aggressive. And I, the, the tones on that album um, or EP, I guess uh, they're just, they sound so hard hitting. And um, I remember uh, even like, just working with Keegan like it was it was super great like I never felt uncomfortable or um you know like rushed or um like he was kind of like oh no you're playing that riff wrong or anything he was always just super chill with us and um he he just took that sound and he kind of just mastered it and then obviously too um at the time we we wanted to uh, we had heard, you know, from s- several people, like, it's always good to get a couple set of ears on, on the music. So, um, we actually had it sent out to be mastered by Will Putney, who's kind of like a legend for heavy music. And he, he's worked with so many huge bands. So I feel like that definitely was a part of it too, having him kind of master it. And I, I remember when he was mastering it, I think Anthony was talking to him and uh blind came on for him and he immediately messages us and he's like who is that who is that on the track and we're just like oh dude that's aiden from falsifier and he was like blown away by him and it, like um I'm, I'm just so stoked too that like we got to um be friends with all the bands that we looked up to as well in the scene because that's another huge thing is like just the local scene like um like bands like this is death valley and drag the lake and falsifier like we we were like fangirls sometimes like over those bands. Like I remember like uh, this is death Valley and drag the lake. Like, you know, we, we looked up to them so much and near the end, like getting to actually like be friends with them and play shows with them. Like um, I cherished those memories, like just as much as like being able to play with like some of these larger bands that we were fortunate to play with. Um, I definitely do miss the, um, the old scene sometimes uh you know like 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 kind of all the bands almost like split up at the same time which like very much sucks but i think it was kind of like one of those times where everyone was kind of just like you know it's not really going the way we want it to and um uh everyone kind of just was hustling so hard we all kind of burnt ourselves out and uh, that's what I was saying earlier. Like, I'm just so excited for like the uh, how the scene is now because um, you know people are coming back, like pneumonia breath and everything. It's just um, it's it's so great to see like that the music is like back harder than ever, and uh, people are out to support it. 
I think we're going to continue to see that as well. Like even myself personally, there was a, a show in just in uh, Peterborough here just last weekend. Shout out to uh, Nothing Serious. Um, and there was a part like that, that, that was the first live show of any kind I had been to since before the pandemic. And like I walked in not knowing what to expect. I was just there to see the boys, you know, and yeah, like before I knew it, they, you know, it was a packed house. Yeah, it's crazy. And I was like, okay, there, there's support for the scene. And I think so long as that can keep going and that, you know, everyone, I, I feel like a lot of people have learned during the, especially during the pandemic, musicians especially, have learned how to prioritize certain things and hopefully learn not how to burn yourself out so much, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of people learn kind of, how to compartmentalize things in their life a little bit more. At least I hope. Like, you know, I know I did personally, so I yeah. hope that yeah, sure. other people did too. So hopefully we'll just see, I would love to see bands, you know, there's nothing I love more than when a, a band I'm a fan of, you know, comes back or a musician I'm a fan of like yourself where you, they come back and kind of, you know, you don't have to be, you know, touring the world necessarily to, to yeah. play music and to love it and to have fun. You know yeah. what I mean? That's, you can still just play music and have fun and still do great, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's been great. And, um, like I, I'm constantly blown away by like every show that we've played. I think now I've played about eight shows with Seagrave and I got to tell you, not one has been bad. Um, Cause like I've like man I've played shows in front of one person before like and it's a it's it's a horrible feeling just um it just kind of drains you like you know like should I go hard do I have to give it my all but even when there's one person you know you gotta that one person could see you love you and then put you on to another ten people who put you on uh to another you know ten people from there and it just has like a domino effect so yeah, if you're playing either for one person or 50 or 100 uh no matter what band i'm in we always just try and give it our all and um but yeah like every show has has been such a great experience and um you know there's certain shows where i'm like i don't know how this is going to be like uh when my second show with them we played a show in blue mountain and um i was like oh man like who's coming out to blue mountain to see a show uh and it was in someone's like uh i guess cottage or cabin it was this beautiful house like on the side of a hill absolutely gorgeous and it was set up as a recording studio and we played on the main floor and they had like food and stuff for everyone and uh it was packed the whole house was packed front to back with people and I was kind of just mind blown that like even in Blue Mountain of all places, like people are coming out to see shows. And uh, I really felt um, how amazing it was when we played the Atria uh, a few months back. And um, it was it was so full and I had never seen the Atria that full. Like even when uh, out of my league played with like some stacked bills there, like it, it's been like packed in there, but it was like 
full from front to back. And it was just kind of like this random show put together. And um, obviously with really good bands on it. Uh, um, but I just couldn't believe like how many people wanted to come out and just mosh. And the pit was so violent. People getting flown around and everything. And uh, people were picking up our merch left and right, which was so amazing to see. And uh, yeah, and then we, we again, we just played there uh, a couple weeks ago and it was even that it turned out so well we were playing at <clears throat> sorry i think we we got on stage at like 1 a.m and i was like oh man who's gonna stay like like everyone wants to like go to bed and everything at this point and it was still packed and um it was just again it's so great to see the scene um how much people want to come out and support and uh, obviously we try and go out and support other bands too because uh, we want to reciprocate that love. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about, man. It's just spreading the love and, you know, the 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 stigma of, oh, you know, heavy music is so violent and it's literally called beatdown. They 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 must just all be so angry and it's like there's so much love in this scene and and in the metal world. So it's always wonderful as an outsider looking in to see these kinds of things and it's been so wonderful to watch this whole thing unfold for you, especially given that, you know, the history that I have with you, starting with, you know, you taking lessons at the story yep. stuff and, yep. you know, it's been really awesome to see, man. Thank um, you. Two, two more quick things here. I have, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about before we, uh, before we wind down here today, as someone who now has been in, you know, one successful band and now you're, doing it again with Seagrave with a break in there. Do you have any advice for people who are looking to form a band? Yeah. Um, I'd say first and foremost, uh, you need to find the right people. Um, I've seen time and time again, bands where they'll, they'll form and the people, they make good music together, but they just don't get along and it kind of ruins the band immediately. And um, again, like fortunately with Out of My League, we're all best friends and we all still hang out. So you, you really got to find the right people. And again, with Seagrave, like there's such amazing guys. Like we chill just again, like last night on our own with each other. It's not like, I'm like, oh man, I have to go to practice and see these guys. Like, no, I'm like genuinely stoked to see them. So like, that's the first thing you, you gotta, you gotta find the right people. And um, <clears throat> you got to find the right sound too that everyone is stoked to play. Because if you're in a band and one person wants to play technical death metal and you want to play beatdown or something, it's just, it, I mean, you never know. It could mesh well. But I, I really feel like everyone has to be on the same page and want to play uh, the same type of music because then you're going to make you're like yourself as a band that's when you're going to make the best music possible when everyone's stoked on it and um don't let equipment get you down too like i remember um you know always looking up to these uh bigger bands in the scene and going like wow i, I need like an eight by ten bass cabinet and i need like a two thousand dollar bass and everything I mean, like you, you play with what you have and is you can, again, like you were saying with that line six, like you can make 
almost anything sound good as long as you kind of dial it in. So, um, you know, just start off with what you have. Don't go out and spend all this money on equipment and everything. Cause like you can make music with anything. Um, yeah, don't let that get you down. And, um, you know, be very wary of do your research, um, for like, you know, how music goes, um, how you're going to be posting it online and everything. Cause it's changed so much, even with Seagrave, like, um, I kind of learned Chris does a lot of research, which is, which is awesome. Um, he, uh, he finds all these great people on YouTube who have, uh, information on kind of like how you release your music and um how to kind of have an online social media presence because that's more important than anything nowadays uh you got to know how to post when even like what time to post online and everything because that's how you're going to get seen nowadays is um you know uh your online presence so you really got to kind of master the business side and the music side obviously the music side comes first because that's what you're passionate about but it's super important um to learn uh, the other side of the, you know, the business side of things. But yeah, I'd say those are kind of the most important things for uh, starting a band nowadays. Right on, man. Appreciate the insight. Cause I know that's something that, uh, you know, it isn't, it's important for people who, you know, could be listening to this right now and they're, they're fans of yours. You know, there are people coming up now that, you know, would have grown up with even without a, my league, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's something that I think is so interesting to think about. <laughs> Just uh, the, the the legacy that you have in the scene, my friend. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. And now you're back doing it. And that's awesome. Last but not least, always a staple question I have here for folks here on the show to end off. You were talking a little bit earlier about that North Lane show being one of your favorite shows, if not your favorite show. But do you have for me a story from your favorite show you ever played that maybe wasn't that North Lane show and the worst show you ever played. Like it was comically bad. Okay. Um, I would say uh, starting off with like the worst, I'd say probably uh, there's two that come to mind. Uh, One of them, again, I kind of brought it up earlier. We played in front of one person, like no exaggeration. Um, we we loaded in and everything and uh i think we opened we were opening too and um it was just the vocalist of the other band and he was just kind of standing there and he was stoked to see us because he's the one who booked us like he was uh, super into it but yeah yeah he was yeah he was he was kind of like jumping around and everything right uh but yeah it was just just him by himself watching us and i was kind of just like playing and i was like oh man this is this is something else and then i'd say uh, another bad show was uh, we played in Whippy. Uh, I don't know if the, it's still a venue, but it's called the Music Scene, and everything went wrong with our gear. Uh, I think like one of the cabs like blew out or something, and um, some something happened with someone's guitar, and then I had just at the time upgraded to like a rack unit like whole rack setup and uh the power plug at the back fell out halfway through the set and um there was all these like grounding issues with the venue so if you went to plug stuff in you'd kind of get shocked and everything and again we only played in front of a few people but 
again, it's not even really the people, it's just the gear problems. Uh, you know, it just kind of like ruined everyone's mood. It really gets you pissed off when like your gear is not working like how you think it should. Oh, fuck yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I, like immediately that, that came to mind as um, probably one of the, the worst. And uh, yeah, I'd say the some of the best, um, probably aside from the Northlane show, is when we got asked to open for Parkway Drive because they're kind of like, I mean, not kind of, they are legends of like, mm heavy music nowadays they're kind of like you know for the newer generations um you know kind of like one of the i guess if you want to say like big four metalcore if that's even a thing um but like they're up there and they're still you know they're playing festivals and everything's still going harder than ever and uh it was just kind of like a dream come true getting to experience that and um the whole thing like we we like loaded in and man like just playing somewhere like like the danforth music hall and um you know how just getting to see how professional bands who are like on the road get to do it um like you know what they do how they set up and um just being even helped out with i remember um when we were loading in the equipment there was dudes who just came out and did it for us and we were like oh thank you so much thank you thank you and the guy's like, bro, it's my job. Like, we were like laughing because like, we're just so used to doing it ourselves. And, um, you know, we, we played and we kind of got it announced last minute and everyone thought we were the band counterparts for a bit. And then, uh, yeah, we were playing and then we got like a really good reception. And then, uh, we, we all love counterparts and they were on right after us and we got to stand like side stage and just watch them pop off while like kind of staring up out at the crowd, which is like, it's, it's one thing to watch your favorite band, like, um, like, you know, staring at them from the crowd, but to like get to watch them side stage and then see the crowd's reaction. That was like such a crazy experience. And, um, and then, uh, yeah, when Parkway Jive played, like, it was just kind of like, at that point I had forgotten we even opened. I was just there to see Parkway Drive. Like I was like me and all my friends were like so excited to see them because they don't come around like too too often. Um, so yeah, it was just an amazing night for us, and uh, that's probably like another amazing memory of one of my favorite shows we ever played. That's fantastic, man! Definitely was is is a should be a feather in the cap getting yeah. to open for Parkway Drive because they're literally one of the biggest bands in the world right now, like straight yeah. up, you know. So that's. I actually, I actually forgot about that. I'm not going to lie. I forgot you guys opened for Parkway Drive. That's yeah. It was, it was awesome. Uh, to, insane. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, Ali, dude, it's been great getting to chat with you and get to hear how all this went down with, with Seagrave and talking a little out of my league. I, I, I was really looking forward to this chat and I'm glad we got to do it, man. Yeah, of course, man. Hopefully we can get like the whole band on at some point if we can. I would, you tell me the time and place. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I would love, yeah. I would love to get, uh, you know, maybe, maybe once some new music comes out, we'll have to. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. We'll have to get together. You, you guys. Yeah, that'll will, be a that'll be a really funny podcast. I can just especially, <laughs> if, especially if we could do it in person. I've oh, been wanting yeah. to do a podcast with Chris in person for years. Oh yeah. the first time that I did yeah. one with him years ago. So that would be it'd be great to see you guys. Yeah, uh, in 
per I don't even remember the last time I saw you in person. It's probably yeah, been, it's been a minute, man. Like <laughs> ten years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's it, man. Well, Ali, thanks so much for the yeah. time, brother. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much as well. Why? Why? If you Why? have T Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T Mobile 5G? home internet during peak hours okay stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5g home for details t-mobile prioritizes certain t-mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion before sarah discovered chumbacasino.com she enjoyed chamomile tea come on big jackpot and being in pjs by six let's go the new fun sarah often thinks about the old boring sarah and wonders if that sarah ever really existed Chumba Casino has over a hundred casino style games. So join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, guys. There you have it. My chat with Ali from C Raven, formerly of Out of My League. I hope you enjoyed that chat as much as I did. Thanks very much again, Ali, for coming on, being so candid, and being so forthcoming with your story. I love episodes like that where I can kind of just let the guests tell their story chime in when I need to ask things where I need to but Ali I mean friend of the program he knows how how I like to uh how I like to do things I know he's listened to more than a few interviews over the years so he already knew what I was going to ask and stuff and it's it's just really fun for me to get to just let the guests talk because at the end of the day to me when you're tuning into an interview podcast you want to hear from the guest as much as humanly possible. You don't want to listen to my dumbass rattle on about stuff. That's just, in my opinion, how things are doing the bulk of the episode. But if you stay tuned for this, that means you don't mind listening to me ramble on because, well, the, the main bulk of the podcast over. This is the outro. <laughs> I will have some links down below again for Ali. Go check him out. If you are in need of a photographer or anything visual, and also go check out the almighty Seagrave. Cool stuff coming out of the Seagrave camp soon. And for old time's sakes, go check it out of my league. Like I said, man, that resented EP still is in rotation for me and it just absolutely kicks ass. So does Oblivion, another one that is still in rotation for me. Just like I hope the harder show is in regular rotation for you. Thank you guys so much for all the support. I appreciate it. If you haven't yet, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Leave a like if you can. Leave a comment if you can. Subscribe. Rate. Five-star ratings help this podcast grow. If you are listening on Spotify, consider setting up the Harder Show for automatic download. That helps a lot. And leave us a five-star review if you think we deserve it. I think I've got like almost 40 five-star reviews now. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty exciting. But those automatic downloads help big time. And of course, share on social media. Be sure to tag us and let me know what you thought of this episode. We have Facebook and Instagram. Also, technically Twitter, but I don't really use it, so maybe don't waste your time on Twitter. I might not answer. If you have anything you would like to reach out to me about, you can do so on social media, or you can contact me anytime at thehardershow at gmail.com. We also have a Discord, so if you're in a Discord and you want to come hang out with a great community and just have good hangs, share memes, music, things like that, let me know and I'll send you a link to the Harder Show Discord or you can find it through the link 
in my Facebook and Instagram bio, the link tree, there is a, uh, there should be a permanent link on there for the discord. And if you would like to support the show a little more than just liking, subscribing, which helps so much and I appreciate it, consider joining the Harder Show Patreon, where at just $1 a month, you will get a special shout out at the end of every single episode of the show, behind the scenes information, and access to the exclusive Discord server that I have for my patrons. For $5 a month or more, you get all that plus access to my monthly horror podcast over on the Patreon, Tape of Trepidation, which I have way too much fun with and is literally growing into a, uh, a creature of its own, so to speak. A lot of fun things coming with that, fun and terrifying things. And $10 a month more will get you all that. Plus, once I reach my goal of $100 a month for at least two months, because I'm not going to do what happened last time where I hit it for a month and then I went down because I got a little too gun ho and spent some money I didn't have. <laughs> so it's, uh, we're going we're gonna to be a little more careful with that. That's pretty industry standard for Patreon. Once I hit that $100 a month for two months, I'm going to open a t-shirt store where there's going to be the classic Carter Show tee design that I sell once in a while. And there's going to be some new exciting stuff. And you know, you may or may not get a discount on that if you're $10 or more, or, you know, there might be a special t-shirt just for you guys. I don't know. It's hard to say what's going to happen, but you got to be a patron over on The Harder Show. Patreon, patreon.com forward slash The Harder Show. And now, I think it is high time that I give a shout out to all my Patreon supporters, my hardheads. We have the OG. Scott Duquette, patron since October 28th, 2019. Holy shit. Ronan Kamori of Baseline Feed. Wolf Delta Pi of Baseline Feed. Actor extraordinaire Eric Phones. Mike Quintero of Shutter Radio. C.M. Peters, author extraordinaire, also member of the Baseline Feed podcast. My brother, Mr. Jason Reese from Jaybird Digital Arts, the man who makes my show look so good. If you need graphics or anything digital art related, hit my guy up at Jaybird Digital Arts. Kelly Sisson. Terry and Janet Hodder, the not-so-direct creators of the podcast in a weird way. <laughs> Brandon Bowden of Bowden Voice. Neil Skrupa of Neurotic Voice. And last but not least, the new guy on the block, Ian Hill, which I know is Neil's buddy. Shout out to you, Ian. Thanks so much for the support, man. I appreciate it. If you want a little shout like that at the end of every single episode of the podcast, consider joining the Patreon, as well as getting those other aforementioned fun things every month. I'm going to tell you guys a little secret. Something is coming. And I haven't, I haven't talked about it yet. I'm not going to talk any more about it. This is going to be a really interesting summer. You might see a little hiatus from the Harder Show for about a month. But something is coming. And I'm terrified, but really excited. And it, it doesn't technically have to do with the Harder Show, but something is coming. And let's just say, hold on to your hats. And then I appreciate all y'all support. And then I'm going to need it. Come like... August, maybe September. So 
stay tuned. Cool stuff coming if you're a fan of horror. Definitely stay tuned. And with that, I'm going to sign off here today. Thank you guys so very much for tuning in. I appreciate it. Go ahead and check out Seagrave again, Ali again, out of my league again. And I will catch you next time right here on The Harder Show. Take it easy, guys. Before Sarah discovered ChumbaCasino.com, she enjoyed chamomile tea. Come on, big jackpot. And being in PJs by six. Let's go. The new fun Sarah. Woo-hoo! Often thinks about the old boring Sarah yes. and wonders if that Sarah ever really existed. Chumba Casino has over a hundred casino style games. So join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. No purchase necessary. We were created by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.